I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. This is Sonny. I am here with Caleb. Hello, everybody. And we have a very special guest on the podcast today. We have Yishan McNabb. Yishan, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Sonny. Thanks, Caleb, for having me on the Top Cut podcast. Um, my name is Yishan McNabb. Um I have a YouTube channel, uh, just Yishan, and I sort of uh, maybe most well-known for um, topping with Grand Maggio at YCS Portland uh, a couple of years ago, and then recently I've been having some pretty good success in you know the remote dueling circuit with uh, Tri-Brigade decks, and uh, once in a while some Grand Maggio sprinkle in there as well. Um, and I, oh, don't, 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 don't play with people's emotions. <laughs> we both know that what you're really known for is being on the Top Cut podcast, the first major, uh, true, major guest. True, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> so we're very excited to have you on. Um, I, we've talked about this with you before. Uh, it's just, it's so, um, the. Uh, the word I want to say is validating, but that doesn't necessarily feel like the correct word. But it feels good to have somebody that's well-known within the community that's, you know, willing to come on and give us a chance to ask you some questions, talk to you for a few minutes. And um, I, I guess the word is really just um, put ourselves out there as well as hearing your thoughts and opinions on the game which is picking your brain so to speak mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you know so that, that means a lot to us and we really want to thank you a lot for uh, coming on oh yes a thousand thank yous yeah no you guys are you guys are welcome it's uh i think the podcasting space is is great for you -Oh. I, I i you know i was looking around for Yu-Gi-Oh podcasts to see what people are up to and 
you know, you guys are what I found. So um, hopefully we can work together, get these, get these, this podcast going, you know, get the podcast space bigger and just make some great content for, for people to listen to. Absolutely. So what we're going to start off with today, the first and most important thing here is the plug. I want to make sure that everybody knows to follow Yishan everywhere that it is good to follow you. Yishan, you mentioned your YouTube. Where else is it a good place to follow you? Um, I do have a Twitter, which I'm trying to use more. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> just Yishan YGO. Um, but okay. that's really it. You can I have a Discord server as well. Um, you can just look at what little links in description links in my video and check that out as well um but you know mostly just a youtuber i stream on youtube if i do so um if you want to go check out the channel i just try to provide deck profiles and and i really try to provide educational content that actually actually helps you get better at the game that's sort of one of my goals with a lot of the content that i put out is can i actually help you get better at the game um because i feel like there's no spoilers (laughs) but i'm here to tell you that that content has worked (laughs) good 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 so we will for sure be putting links to your YouTube as well as your Twitter in the description. And for your Discord, people can like follow like a YouTube link from there if that's okay. Um, the next thing is please follow at TopCut Podcast on Twitter at DatChumley and at JamTheMan17 for everybody listening. Uh, that is me and Caleb's personal Twitters. We ask that you follow our sister channel on YouTube, Team Dark Arm Dealings. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get into the main section of the podcast now that introductions are out of the way and stuff. Um, the first thing is quick play news. Turns out there is none. <laughs> yeah. It's all the news right now is just a bunch of new cards. Right. Which, obviously, we're going to have a whole segment dedicated oh, yeah. to. Um, other than that, it is. Let's see, this is Tuesday, July 13th, and we hope you enjoy the rest of today's episode. And now we're going to move on into some of the card-by-card for the new cards that just got released. Uh, The first card we're going to talk about is Machina Ruined Force. Uh, Caleb, do you want to do the effect and everything? Uh, yeah, sure. Give me one. Yeah, yeah, sure. Give me just one hot second to pull it back up. Of course. I've got everything not... Had everything nice and organized. I love how... Doesn't it just get you like that sometimes? Yep. Okay, uh, so here we go. Machina, Ruin Force, level 10 Dark Machine, effect monster, 4,600 attack, 4,100 defense. He is beefy. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, he can't be normal... Ex- yeah. Uh, he can't be normal summoner set. Uh, must be special summoned from your graveyard by banishing any number of machine monsters from your graveyard whose total levels equal 12 or more. That's incredibly easy in this deck, I'm not gonna lie. Like, this dude by himself is level 10. Uh, isn't Citadel level 10 as well? Um, yeah, Citadel's level 10. Machina Metal Cruncher's level 10. Gearframe is a 4, which is not great, but um, you've yeah, got... And, and it's and not just... Fortress is a 7. Oh yeah, and it's not just banishing uh, Machina Monsters, banishing Machines. You could very well do Citadel and your uh, Scrap Recycler or something like that. Ancient Gearbox, whatever, whatever you have on hand. Um, you can only use this card's first and second effects each once per turn. Uh, when your opponent activates a card or effect during the battle phase, quick effect, pay half your life points, negate the activation. If you do, have your opponent's life points. It's probably never going to come up, but if it ever does, that probably means you're going in for a game shot now. Yeah, you 
you just win the game right there, basically, yeah. if that effect resolves. Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, two, if this card is controlled by battle or card effect, you can special summon up to three of your banished Machina monsters whose total levels equal 12 or less. Um, so basically, if you ban it, so basically if you banish for his effect, he can just refloat those monsters right back uh, yep. if he gets destroyed by battle or card effect, and it doesn't have to be your opponent's card effect either. Yeah, it's broken. Yeah, yeah, this card is really interesting to me. Um, I guess the most obvious use case is in the Earth Machine deck. That's sort of the most competitive deck that runs Machinus right now. Unfortunately, it is dark, which which does hurt this card quite a bit um, because it just can't be searched by Riverstormer. Riverstormer only deals with Earth Machines. Um, it also needs to be in the graveyard, which is super interesting. Um, like, good targets to banish are like Machina Metal Cruncher, you know, that sort of thing. Um, it, it can banish mm -hmm. any machine monster, which is nice. Um, I like that it's level 10. I think what it's a great card, you know, past the first turn. The question is, will it be worth that that spot because it is sort of you know brick and and I think the most the thing you want to do with this card is discard the special back Machina Fortress because that's a great way to get it into the graveyard. That's just like pure value right For there. Sure. Um, or Citadel too. Or oh, how does Citadel special summon itself? I, I don't even. I always special summon a trap card. Is there another way to special summon? itself i believe you can also special summon citadel the same way you summon fortress i don't believe yeah, hang on. so he, he, um yeah hang on he's pulling it out i'm pulling out my copy of the deck uh anyway while they're doing that uh let's see yeah, yeah i mean yeah but i mean just the 4600 attack points by itself on a uh, yeah it's a graveyard special summon so it's so it doesn't citadel doesn't special summon the same way that Fortress special summons, um, but if you use um, if you use Overdrive to destroy Ruin Force, and then you can activate both Ruin Force and Citadel's effects. I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I haven't played the deck. I've got basically the whole deck built. I just haven't played it yet. But um, I mean, it seems like it would a one of would be a good addition within the deck, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the classic conundrum. Is it worth the brick? Um, I'm not sure. This and, and, and people smarter than me or people with more time may be able to figure out a, a more consistent way to use this card. It, it seems borderline to me. It's definitely a card worth testing and trying to figure out how to integrate it in your Earth Machine decks or maybe in, in some other kind of machine deck uh, as well. I don't know for sure that it would be played in the Earth Machine deck specifically, maybe a one of if it is but what i would say you can play it in is do you think something like this makes something like machina control like a legitimate deck now that this gives that deck the recursion off of um the banished monsters and stuff um yeah i actually do i just realized that, i mean i don't believe if i'm reading this card correctly does not the special summon is not once per turn which i just realized that is you're right there's there's literally the the the, the other two effects yeah, are once per not. turn but if you can somehow destroy it so you first you summon it then you destroy it special back three link 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 special it back again um i mean oh yo link climb some yeah, more 
this is really, you know, you can special, it, it's very interesting, at least, that the special summon is not once per turn. I just, uh, I just assumed it was, but now that I'm reading this card more carefully, um, there definitely is some potential for some brokenness to be going on there. Um, so definitely something to look out for. The, the main thing that I think would be an issue in the Earth Machine deck specifically is that obviously so many of the Infinitrack cards lock you into special summoning Earth Machines, and with him being dark, it really throws a wrench in that. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't think about it. There's a wrench in it. I didn't think about it. That's funny. <laughs> um, but the main issue here is it is that it's a dark. Like like realistically to me, because you can't use it for all the broken link summoning of that Earth Machine deck. Yep. Yep. Right. So yep. I I think it would have to be used in like some kind of Machina control thing. I I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have so, to see. Because it, sh- it, 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 like, it can't be used in so many of the combos. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, the next card to talk about is Evil Twins Trouble Sunny. I guess, since my name's on it, I should I should read it. A Link 4 Light Fiend Link Effect Monster. Uh, 3,300 attack, which is awesome for uh, this deck, because they needed a finisher. Uh, the Link Arrows are... Uh, up, down, left, right, basically. Um, materials is two plus monsters, including an evil twin. Uh, you can use each effect among the first and second effects with this card's name only once per turn. So it's hard once per turn each of the effects. Uh, first effect, quick effect, you contribute this card, special summon from your graveyard up to one Kissakil and Leela monster each. And the second effect, you can banish this card from your graveyard. Then send one evil twin monster from your hand, deck, or face-up field to the graveyard. Send one card on the field to the graveyard. This is good for the deck. Yeah, I mean... Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's not much else to say. This card is just fantastic for evil twin. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a big... I mean, yeah, I mean, a small part of that is absolutely the non-targeting send-to-graveyard effect it's got on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm doesn't destroy doesn't banish just plus like i said the 3300 attack is like i understand that attack points in today's Yu-Gi-Oh are not necessarily like the end-all be-all but it helps you know like realistically i guess i guess a lot of times if you want link fours you would probably go into uh access code or something of the sort but i think a lot of this deck locks you into fiend type monsters so um i mean it's still it's still a good card and a good finisher, and it also can serve as an extender for the deck. Oh, absolutely. In particular with the whole tribute to the Special Summon, uh, Lilla and a Kiss Kill monster. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, because it doesn't specify Evil Twin or Life Twin, you can do you can bring back out the links or yeah. whatever you really need to do. Yeah. Right. There's, like, no reason you would not summon this card on the first turn. I just I can't see why you wouldn't do it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I don't I don't know the live twin or evil twin cards well enough to like realistically know all the different combo lines and link climbing lines and things of that sort. But I feel like you like you said, Yishan, you go up into the card quickly and climb up into it really fast and it's just it just happens. You know what I mean? It just extends all your plays out further. Yeah, yeah. I mean you're just gonna use this card and then you get free sense. It's 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 fantastic. Um Buy your evil twin stuff, I guess, and. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. We'll have to wait and see if uh, 
if this actually becomes pertinent as far as the actual evil twin deck itself. Right, right. Okay, uh, so we actually just had an update to YG organization. We just got a bunch of new cards. So we're going to fly through these cards that you may or may not have already heard. And we're going to go into the actual new stuff that literally just just got announced like like less than two minutes ago. Okay, cool. Uh, so next up we have King of the Sky Prison. Um, uh, just, this card's broken. Oh, yeah, absolutely broken. Uh, we're going to kind of fly through it real quick. Basically, um, you, you can just reveal them from your hand until the end of your opponent's t uh, turn. And then as long as he's revealed, uh, set cards on the field cannot be destroyed by card effects. Um, and then also wallets, and then also wallets revealed if a spell or trap card, if a set spell or trap is activated, you can just push someone from your hand. And then you can set any spell or trap from your deck. Any spell or trap. So it's like, oh, he's, oh, my opponent just set a bunch of back row. I'm just going to reveal, flip Regeki, effect to set the Harpy's Feather Duster, flip the Harpy's Feather Duster. That's a bad example, but it's broken. And on a 3k, 3k body, oof. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing that we should also realize that I also just realized when I read the card for my second time, um, this card looks like it's good for back row decks on on inspection. Like when you first read the card, it's oh, you know, I'm setting cards. Um, if I activate a set spell or trap, um, it's good for my back row deck, right? Um, but you know, now that I'm thinking about it, actually, I think this card is worse for back row decks. I mean, you could just side this in against a back row deck. They activate a set spell or trap. Boom. It does not need to be your opponent. It does not need to be your set spell or trap. It's just if one is activated. Right? So, boom. You just special it out. Oh, true. Then you can set, like you said, the Harpy's Feather Duster on your turn from your deck and then just activate it. Or, or whatever you want, you know? And, and it's just a free 3K guy. Um, like, this is like, like... He's a rock, if that matters. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's a rock. <laughs> I mean, you could just have this card in your side deck um you know and, and if you like if you draw it going first and uh, you know then you know sometimes the backward decks like you're, they're going to side in back removal against you you know and so you just it just seems like such a powerful card um i mean i don't think it's a like broken broken all but like it's just a solid card i mean it's a powerful yeah. card all it's just around a solid card so um oh yeah yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, I think one of the best parts about it is that it turns Harpy draw opening with Harpy's Feather Duster a, into a dead draw. Yeah, if you don't summon. Yeah, it. It, well, it's a little risky because sometimes you know if yeah if you don't summon it, um, which can be the way to go. Uh, obviously, it doesn't protect your floodgates, which is sort of the biggest downside. It only protects your set spell and traps, but I mean, I think that's good enough. Um, so certainly yeah. an interesting card. Oh, Will yeah. be good. Looking forward to it. Here's. My head cannon, since it's a level ten rock, is that when Nibiru landed, this is what came out. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I mean, sure, why not? I mean, he's got three thousand attack. It's a level ten rock monster. I mean, it's yeah. from the sky prison. I mean, it yeah. was imprisoned in Nibiru. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you also got. I mean, but just because it's called King of the Sky Prison, you also got to think, what is its connection to Santafon, the Sky Prison? Yeah, I think I think maybe it controls Santafon because Santafon is the Sky Prison. I have no idea, honestly. Don't ask me anything about Yu-Gi-Oh lore. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. We'll have we'll have to wait for Konami to come out and say cause exactly. Cause Give they, me the lore update, Konami. Cause, yeah, because recently they've been actually putting out lore for some of this stuff, and it's great. Uh, anyway, uh, so moving uh, on real quick. Uh, yeah. Next stuff, we have the Transonic Bird, uh, level four, dark winged beast, ritual monster, zero attack, twenty four hundred defense. 
Uh, once per turn, you can reveal a ritual spell card in your, in your hand. If you do, add a ritual monster from your deck to your hand, whose name is listed on it, and then shuffle the reveal card back into the deck. And then, once per turn, in your opponent's turn, you can quick effect, send a ritual spell from deck to the graveyard. And then this effect becomes a ritual spell's effect that ritual summons monster when it is activated. Three, if this ritual summon card is tributed, you can target a Facebook card and fill in your opponent controls and negate its effects at the end of the turn. Um, so it, so that allows you to activate ritual spells in your opponent's turn. First off. Good. You know, so that's... That's interesting. Yeah, this is the kind of card I look at, and I know it's probably good, but I am not smart enough to figure out all the combos and all the ways to abuse <laughs> this card. I just leave that to the combo exactly. players. Let them do all the work and uh, either just learn from them so sure. I know what's happening or just play it in my deck. Um, so Yeah, exactly. But it seems very good. I mean, uh, and then, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we have the actual ritual spell for it, Sonic Tracker. It's got your bog standard ritual effect, but it also has a second effect. Um, you can banish this card from your graveyard, then target a ritual monster you control. Send a ritual monster of the same type and or attribute as that face-up monster from your deck to the graveyard. Yeah, I, again, I don't know how to abuse this the best. Uh, I guess the question is, can it be used in Drytron? Yeah. Probably. Um, so, I, I yeah, it's like super, super duper abusable in Drytron because you can banish it from your graveyard. You can target the Drytron Ritual Monster, which now a lot of them are running one copy of, the Draconids. And um, because it's light, you can send any of your light Ritual Monsters to the graveyard. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it like automatically puts your Edatin out and puts your Natasha out. It searches basically any of those. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Zoror the Magistus Daemon. That's going to get translated to the Magistus Archfiend. Um... Uh, Probably. Yeah, discard a Synchro Summon, equip it with a Magistus Monster from your extra deck. Also, your opponent can activate the effects of monsters with the same type, Fusion, Synchro, Exceder, Link, as Magistus Monster cards in your spell and trap card zone. Then you can target a Magistus card you control, destroy it, and if you do, special on this card from your great card. So, it's a walking floodgate. And on a 29 body, that's not, you know, that's not anything, that's not nothing to scoff at. Yeah. Granted, um, it... It is a Magistus, very Magistus-reliant. That might be, like, the one drawback to it. Well, it is interesting. You don't have to... um, I mean, you probably will want to play Magistus cards, but the the requirements for making it are surprisingly non-Magistus. So, I wonder if there's a way to sort of just summon this. Probably not, honestly, but I think it's probably still best in Magistus, but I have no idea how good that deck is, so if there's maybe some more support, this Uh, might be good. Um, But I just can't see it being that, that effective. I I mean, like, the only experience I've ever had with Magistus personally is some people run run, uh, Rolona in Shadal with the Magistus Mm -hmm. Invocation as another fusion mechanic another fusion engine right yeah that's about it yeah yeah. (laughs) um but yeah i mean that's okay next up uh real quick there there was a whole bunch of borrow cards that got released one of them is just a giant meme uh so we're so i'll just real quick just say its name and you'll meet and i'm pretty sure a vast majority of our listeners will immediately recognize what i'm talking about come on cooperate Phone's not cooperate with me. Give me one hot second. Here we go. Uh, yeah, we got Reloaded Cylinder. What a meme of a card. 
but the big one I want to talk about is Boral Code Dragon, the Link 3. Let's see, it's made with uh, two plus effect monsters. Um, you can only use its second and third effects once per turn. It cannot be destroyed by card effects when a Link monster points at this card. I mean, that's decent. Uh, throw the damage of this card, this Link card, Link summoned using three monsters as material, bouncing the opponent's monster, destroy all monsters on the field. Non-target destruction, cool. You can banish the card from your graveyard, banish a dark monster on the field with 3,000 or more attack if you do special summon a topologic monster from your extra deck or graveyard. Recurs a topologic monster or cheats one out, cool. Um, it doesn't say banish a dark monster on your field, just the field. So if your opponent also has a dark attribute monster sitting there with over 3k attack, you can banish it too for to activate this effect, which is mm-hmm. cool. Honestly, I think the, looking at these cards, I think the card above it, Rocket Caliber, is... Maybe a better card. Oh, 100%. It's another level 4 tuner that extends out of the hand if you control a... It's a free special summon out of the hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I just kind of want to talk about Boral Code Dragon just because it sounded cool. But, I mean, th- this card, this Rocket Caliber, you can special summon this card from your hand to a zone your Dark Link monster points to. That's an extender in every Dark Link-based deck. That's an extender in Phantom Knights. That's an extender in most Dragon Link decks. Um, you contribute it, especially summon a Dark Dragon or Machine type monster from your hand, except Rocket Caliber. I mean that that card is really good. Oh yeah. Okay, so all the new, okay, so all the new cards that got that got announced like two minutes ago. Uh yeah. Okay, first. Oh, it's all agent stuff. Yeah. This so that's it's three new cards that got announced. That are coming out in the Agent Structure deck in Japan, as well as some reprints. Uh, like uh, can, they confirmed Arcloid Christia, Herald of the Orange Light, Eva, which that's a that's awesome. That card needed a reprint. Oh yeah. Um, the Sanctum of Parshath, Creature Swap, Divine Punishment, Balance of Judgment, Herald of Pure Light, and Celestial Nightlord Parshath are the reprints. Yeah. Uh, that being the Parshath Link retrain. So first off, we have a. Eight Agent Link Monster, Guard of the Agent's Moon. So, Link to Light Fairy Effect Monster, 1800 Attack. Its arrows are bottom right and right. Uh, materials, two fairy monsters. Uh, you can only use this card's first and second effects once per turn. If this card is Link Summon, you can add, you can send one Sanctuary of the Sky or one card that specifically lists that card in its text from your deck to the graveyard, or if the Sanctuary of the Sky is on the field or ill or in the graveyard. You can add the Agent of Mystery Earth from deck to great to from deck or graveyard to your hand instead. Two, you can tribute a fairy monster and the target one card opponent controls, destroy it. So first off, just the get get the sanctuary in the sky in your grave for free. Or any card that lists it in your tech and that's text, which is almost all of the agent monsters. Yeah, and then Venus obviously oh, yeah. can summon this card with the shine balls. Um interesting right. card. Yelp. I yeah, it's really not I bad. I want to see how this Sanctuary in the Sky thing, whole gimmick works. Because the card is pretty bad. Like, the actual card, the Sanctuary in the Sky. Um, so maybe they have, like, a yeah. new Sanctuary in the Sky. Or maybe there's some better way. It's funny how they just let put it in the graveyard, which I find hilarious. This is probably a great little thing for modern Yu-Gi-Oh! Because the card's just going to die all the time. Um, so I'm curious to see yeah. how maybe we can use oh, yeah. that card. All right, let's take a look. The... I think they announced some of the support for the deck like a couple of months ago. A lot of the newer cards um, 
get to activate their effects as long as Sanctuary in the Sky is face up on the field or in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like like I think their big boss, their new Hyperion monster, um, I think some of its effects rely on Sanctuary in the Sky being on field or grave. So it's interesting. The fact that it would get to mill it out um, is good. Yeah, it's great to see agents back. Um, I mean, I remember playing when the agent deck was like meta. TG agents, <laughs> crazy deck. Oh, dude, yes. <laughs> do you ever do you ever play any twenty eleven plant synchro? Format? I haven't actually played that format. I just I just remember, um, you know. But agents was a cool deck. Um, so hopefully it's it's decent. Um, yeah, yeah. I hope so too. Um, so then, funny you should mention sanctuary in the sky because because this next card. The Sacred Water of the Sky. It's a normal spell card. Um, you can only activate its first second effects uh, once per turn. One, activate once the Sanctuary in the Sky from your deck. Or add a monster that specifically lists the card in its text from your deck to your hand. Then, if the Sanctuary of the Sky is on the field or in the graveyard, gain 500 life points for each Hyperion and the Agent monster you control. So just get 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 it out or search, either get the Sanctuary in the Sky or just search for another agent monster that's all that's just the first effect it's got a second one too yes um if your monsters that specifically list sanctuary in the sky in its text would be destroyed by battle you can banish this card from your graveyard instead which you know it might not come up but if it does awesome. got it. yeah you got it yeah I, I don't see how you don't play three of this card i mean it's just it's just roto for the deck with an upside so yeah yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's 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 awesome exactly you it's, have to play three it's roto or terraforming yep yeah it's it's Realistically, this is probably the best card in the uh, in the structure deck. This card's amazing. It's, oh, easily. I mean, it's it's this is the kind of thing that catapults a deck from obscurity back into like real meta play. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's consistency. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, the next up is actually a new synchro. Uh, the executor of Hades, Pluto. So we're finally getting Pluto. Yeah. He's a level 5 Dark Fairy Synchro Tuner monster. Uh, he's a generic tuner. This card is always treated as a the agent card. Um, you can only use this card's name's second effect once per turn. Uh, once per turn, you can banish a monster from your graveyard, then target an effect monster on the field. Change it to face-down defense position. This is a quick effect if the sanctuary in the sky is on the field or in graveyard. <laughs> field or grave. Nice. So first off... It's a Book of Moon that you can activate multiple times in a turn as long as you got stuff to banish. Oh, my uh, God. Well, it's a soft once per turn, so I guess technically you could. Yeah. Uh, two, if you, you can banish this card from your graveyard, add the Sanctuary in the Sky from deck or graveyard back to your hand. Interesting. And because he's a tuner, um, that actually makes him work really oh, well with the... Oh, that's true, because I think Earth is a three and the Shine Balls are two. Right? Yes. Is that is that right? Er, er, that the, sounds correct. Uh, the Agent of Mystery Earth is also a tuner. Um, oh, that's and true. Then yeah, the Shine Balls and Venus. I'm thinking Venus yeah, are three and two. Yeah. So yeah. you could you could theoretically go like uh, Venus summon a Shine Ball, and if you have this guy on field, that's ten, and then you can go into their new big boss level ten synchro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, actually, what you could do is you normal summon Venus, get two balls. Get the earth out, uh, earth and a ball to make this you, guy. But how do you get the earth out? There's probably a way to cheat it out. I'm sure it's got a, a, some yeah. kind of a special summon mechanic built in. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, and then, uh, 
make this guy affect a Book of Moon something, and then it plus the Shining Ball and the level 3 Venus to make the new Hyperion Synchro. What I can't get over, every time you say Venus summon two Shine Balls, my next thought, summon Gachi Gachi Gantetsu. <laughs> yeah, overlay Nagachi. Every time. Yeah, that, that plays to be so good. Um, I don't know. This is certainly interesting. Uh, I think, you know, I, I know a lot of players are huge agent fans. Hopefully it brings some players back into the game. That's the great thing about the legacy support like this, right? A lot of old players are like, oh, this looks Absolutely. really cool. I'm going to play Yu-Gi-Oh again. Um, so, yeah. I like that they did it with the Machina structure deck. That was always my favorite structure deck growing up because... Like, my Machinas were always, like, my favorite archetype. All machine decks, basically, were, like, my thing when I was younger. So, to come in back into the game and see there be machines relevant. Awesome to mm-hmm. me. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. That's that's about it for new cards. Yep. So, now that we've wrapped up all the new cards, uh, who wants to talk a little bit about the YCS and the extravaganza and the... Big tournaments we've had recently. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can I can start with that. Um, that's yeah. right. Lead us in, Sean. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Wow, what a smooth transition we've got going here. Um, Heck yeah. So I guess well, we we uh, we had the extravaganza two two weekends ago, um, which yeah. I actually won. That was my first event win. I've topped definitely a couple, um, but that was my first win. That was cool. I was playing Zodiac Tri Brigade. Uh, but then Dryden <laughs> got banned. Um, so Boo. Uh, I guess, you know, that's the price I, I have to pay for winning an event. Um, and then... Yeah, Yushan, it's all uh, your fault. Yeah. Why did you get Dryden yeah, banned? Definitely my fault. <laughs> definitely my fault. Um, and then this weekend was the remote... It's not like they announced the ban list before the event Yeah, they did, actually. They did. Um, so it was my, it was my <laughs> one last... Oh, yeah, they did. It was one, and my one last hurrah for, for Dryden. Um Right, and then right. they where's the remote dual YCS this weekend, which I pl- I just actually finished playing in. Um, I I didn't top. I got uh, I went day two, but I went X three, and you needed to be X two to top. Um, and even if you were X two, you needed like a like to be lucky. Like only only fifty percent of the X twos actually made it to top thirty two. Um, so yeah, it's uh it was a really fun event. I played pure Trabrigade. Um. Tri-Brigade, I mean, I looked at the breakdown of some of the, the, the events, and it was like a lot of Tri-Brigade. People really liked the deck. A lot of Sky Striker, um, amazingly. And, and one thing I heard, I'm, I mean, I, I saw someone post this. Three Virtual Worlds made it to top 16, which I'm not sure is that statistical variance or just legit. I have no idea. But like, I thought the deck was fine. I didn't think it was super good, but uh, who knows? I, I don't know. Um, that's something to be... So I've actually got the I've got the breakdown of the European extravaganza for the main event numbers as well as the top thirty two numbers because apparently in Europe they they know how to make charts and graphs and give us information (laughs) which they don't know how to do in the United States so we can handle the rulings they can handle the charts and graphs and so what I've got for the main event is 216 Tri-Brigades, and that's out of 1,796 players. So just say 1,800 players. A little over 200 are on Tri-Brigade. So you're looking at uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 12, 13, maybe 15% of the field is on Tri-Brigade, which is yeah. good. 
Like I, that's that's a lot for it to be the most represented deck in the field surprises me. Yeah, it's. Oh yeah, no that that was ridiculous. I mean, what's great is that it's not like super crazy. Like the the format seems very diverse uh, right now, so that's that's really awesome. It's not solved, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's like it's just. At this point, there's no, there is no best deck. I, I would even say there's no best two or three decks. It's just, it's just these decks, you know. Like these are the decks you're gonna see, but you could beat them. Yep. Yep. So, 216 Tri Brigade, 178 Sky Striker, and 175 Salamangrade. The second and third most represented decks are sky striker and salamangrate <laughs> that to me is crazy people just love those decks i mean that to me is crazy um oh yeah but, it's uh, it's insane um 149 drytron drytron that's really that's a really interesting deck to me because like in theory it i mean it could be the best deck of the format but everybody's just so tuned in on the deck that it doesn't have a chance to be yeah, Drytron's powerful. There's just the problem is there are too many cards that are good against it. Um, like you know, there's just so many good cards. I mean, Droll, Droll, Cycle Reader, uh, and it also has a hard time playing a lot of hand traps because of the nature of you know it doesn't want to break. You can actually break with Drytron uh, pretty pretty easily. Just ask your fellow Drytron players. Right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think the deck is strong. I just don't think it's tier zero like people might have thought it would be. It's it's just a strong deck. Right. Um, after the Drytron, you have 114 Invoked. Um, I'm assuming this is some kind of a, a, you know, a blend of different Invoked decks, but I'm sure yeah. the most prevalent one is Invoked Shadal Dogmatica. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably the best or maybe the second best now that Striker's back. <laughs> It's either the best or second best control deck of the format. So it's not surprising that it's well represented. Top five in representation. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next is 107 Virtual World. Yeah, this surprised me. Which is... Yeah, oh, yeah. That's what I was about to say. Like, this, I'm not going to say it baffles me. I guess the deck's got combos, but like... Really? They don't make VFT anymore. Uh huh. Well, that which is which makes the deck actually fun to play against. What I will say is this deck takes quite a bit of skill. Um, oh and yeah. And I have played against good virtual world players, and I played against bad ones. Um, or not bad ones. I like to use the word inexperienced. <laughs> um, and the 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 difference is staggering. Um, Playing against a yeah. good virtual war player, it feels like you know if they ever sort of get a little bit of leverage in the game, it becomes really hard to breathe. Um, but also, like sometimes the deck just can't do anything, which sucks. Um, so uh, I'm glad you know it's it's a it's a fun deck as long as VFD doesn't exist. Um, so pretty cool. Glad to see it. It's a really back and forth interactive deck if VFD doesn't exist. The only issue now though is that they're going muddy mud dragon into ultimize Zulkin to end on a board. With Crystal Wing Synchro and Dragoon, which is not fun and interactive. Yeah, or, or Kaliga. Uh, a lot of people are going for the, the whole Crystal Wing Kaliga combo. Um, Gross. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess if this deck is too popular, you can play Super Poly to out those cards. Uh, other than that, though, um, yeah, you want to be able to hand trap it. I mean, cards like DD Crow 
are good against this deck. Um, but what's interesting is, you know, now that Virtual World's not in the super considered super meta, the hand traps have changed. Um, you know, you don't see as many Skullmeisters. Um, you know, Lancey is still pretty popular, and but still. Realistically, because VFD is gone, um, compared to what it was when Virtual World was at its height, the the meta is not nearly as trap heavy and trap reliant as it was when this deck was at the top of its me- at the top of its relevance, mm-hmm. and because you don't have all those traps in the format, uh, it really gives the deck a chance to shine outside of its original um, the diversity in the meta as well as the lack of traps and really hand traps that mess with the deck have given the deck a chance to shine on a competitive level past its prime. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. No, I, I like decks like this. It's fair now. It's it's sort of, this is what Virtual World was exactly. designed to do, you know? It wasn't designed to just exactly. spit out VFD and just end games like that. It's just so boring, but um, um, yeah, so cool to see. The other thing about, so what I did in my, I also played in the remote dual YCS. I only played three rounds. Uh, I, I played more, honestly, in the side events, um, but I knew that there was going to be some virtual world. So what I did was I had three ice dragons prison in my side deck because that deck, that card hits that deck surprisingly hard. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Cause they're, they're all worms or psychics. And if you can realistically pull two of their options away from them, it, it's pretty brutal. Like uh, Lulu is a psychic. So if you can get Lulu and one of their other psychic monsters out of rotation early in their combos, it basically ends their turn. Yeah, yeah. And the deck can be a little fragile, I feel like, if, if you have the right cards to line up with virtual world cards. Um, but yeah. This is something me and a friend were talking about, though, is that... I'm sorry, the virtual world deck, I know we're getting caught up on it, but it's really interesting to me because the deck does remind me about Drytron in that the the combo lines are not linear. It's very much a case of every every game, they get started into their combos and they extend through their combos in a completely different way. And you really have to know what the deck's doing to understand how to stop it. Yeah, that is true. That is true. It, it definitely pays to be familiar with the deck, sort of to try to figure out what to hand trap. Um, right. So... Yeah, yeah. Um, the next thing is we had 85 Prank Kids, which I guess that's not too surprising. It's the second best mid-range deck of the format. I figured there would have been more. Personally. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. <laughs> I just didn't... I haven't seen it much at all recently. I mean, the deck's good. People have said they've played against it. I just haven't seen it personally. Um, I mean, I guess the, it kind of like hard sucks against Trivergate Revolt. And then... The deck is like, Bell hurts that deck so much if people are playing that card. I mean, you tribute the link, I'm going to special two back. Bell, like, oof, yeah. God, that hurts. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, the next one is 51 Eldlich, which is really surprising to me. But I think a lot of this is like zombie Eldlich or Eldlich stun because realistically zoo Eldlich is not a playable deck anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that actually Dryden being banned hurts Eldlich the most. <laughs> um right. Uh, I I it's funny cuz there was a point in the game where I was like, "Man, these Eldlich cards are annoying." 
But for some reason now, the Elish cards, they just they just don't seem good enough. I, I don't know what it is. Like, I the deck's just... Like, it can get going, but I, I don't know. It just... The deck's not a problem, I guess, so... Like, realistically, they're gonna do, like, one to two things on your turn. And then she's like, okay, cool. I get the rest of my turn to do whatever I want now, because you're done. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little too slow. A little too slow. Um, 41 Alter Guys. <laughs> I know nothing about this deck except that it exists and it plays trap cards. I played against it in the Femboy, Reg- in the, uh, Femboy Remote Duel Tournament. Uh-huh. Um, and I went second, so my opponent went first, and they... And they- and they just kind of started special summoning, special summon, special summon, set a trap, immediately activate it, special summon, set a trap, pop it, effect a trap. And just I was just sitting there like, I don't know what you're doing, but okay. Because <laughs> I didn't open any hand traps. And as soon as my turn had, my turn started, he flipped a personal spoofing. And that's when I realized the whole deck's entire purpose is to get personal spoofing out. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what you're talking... It's probably some Altergeist Haunted Rock stuff shenanigans on the first turn um, but you're talking about, uh, Caleb. Um, but, I mean, usually this deck just normal summons. I mean, they basically they want to get to Multifaker and, and start bouncing your stuff. They want to get Trap Multifaker, and there's a couple ways to get Multifaker. There's drawing it, there is personal spoofing, which is the best card in the deck, um, and then there is the Altergeist... Um, the level one, I, I'm blanking on its name, but it's level one, you know, if it attacks directly, um, it can, it yeah, Meliusik, exactly, yeah, yeah. so there's a, like, yeah. a couple ways to get to that, I don't know, the deck just seems, like, it's okay, I guess, it's another one of these things where, it's like, it might be a little too slow, um, and if you don't draw multi-faker, it can be tough to win, because um, the decks are so fast now, right. uh, but, and even if you do, you're not guaranteed to win. It used to feel like back in the day, if you drew multi-faker, like it was so hard to lose. Now, even if you draw multi-faker, you need like really, really good backup as well to still win, I think. So, right. it's a fine deck, though. Oh, yeah. Um, the next one is... here's this. These two interesting ones. 34 Dragonlink and 34 Adagnister. I was honestly expecting more Adagnister. Me that. too. Me too. I just think maybe the deck is expensive i i don't really know uh people just like salamang rape i have no idea why the number is so low the, the deck is pretty good um but i guess people just don't have the cards maybe they're too expensive i, I don't know um yeah i don't know that price is the issue because drytron is probably the most expensive meta deck of the format i Early, it's just people just wanted to play other things maybe yeah, maybe people will find the deck boring i mean i can see how you someone might find the deck boring but then again, there's people summoning Alistair over and over and over again. So what? It's all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the deck does die to Ash if they make Dark Infant and they try to search for the field spell and they don't have it in hand already. Yeah. You just end also, your turn. It gets hurt by Droll a lot, which is sort of, you know, people. A lot of people are playing right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, it might be one of those things where it's just. It's hurt too much by other things in the format to thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be a case of that a lot of the stuff that hurts a Drytron is also a counter to them. Yeah, yeah. It's, and everybody's, yeah. you know, siding and maining for Drytron, so of course yeah. they're going to have an issue. So past that, we have 615 others, 
which I have a breakdown of the others. Realistically, it's like that's Dino, where, yeah, Dino, yeah. Earth Machine, Cyber Dragon, Phantom Knight, Subterra, Madolche, Grandmaju, Shadal, Burn Decks. I love how they just grouped Burn Decks into its own <laughs> thing. Add Emancipator, which is interesting. Plunders, Warriors, Pendulums, Paleo Frog. And just, you know, men, a bunch of one-ofs, some mermails, some dark magician, stuff that'll never, it'll always be there, but it'll always be in the other category. You know? Oh, yeah. I'll, table 500. Well, hey, listen. Some I, of it. Cyber Dragon topped the, uh, the NAYCS, so, you know, if you're a rogue player, hold out. Hey, True. listen, I heard one time Grand Manju even topped a YCS, too. That was pretty cool. So. <laughs> we might know a guy that didn't know something yeah. about that. <laughs> so... And realistically, at least one of those other decks did top here because um, there is a Sub Terror and there is a Dino and there is a Madolce. So, like, realistically, they there, but not in huge droves. Right, yeah. So, you can make it. You um, can make it, though, one of these less meta decks. So, hold out hope, Rogue players. Hold out hope. Stay right. strong. <laughs> That's it. Um, the top 32 breakdown of that European YCS is. One Dino, one Subterror, one uh, Dogma Invoke Shadal, one Dragon Link, which is really, really interesting to me. One Madolce, one Prank Kids, two Salamangrate, four Virtual Worlds, seven Drytron, and 13 Tri-Brigade to take up a little over a third of the field. Yeah, that 13 Tri-Brigade number is pretty high. I, I, I would all, you know... Um, I... I could see Tribrigate getting a little nerf, maybe. Um, next ban list, I don't know. There was, I also looked, there was like six Zodiac Tribrigate, six pure, one Ancient Warrior. Um, I mean, the Ancient Warrior combo is interesting. I've looked into it a little bit. Um, I just want to see how the, the Tribrigate decks look. I'm kind of curious, um, but probably we won't get a chance. So I actually have a breakdown of that. Look, you have the, you have the cards the in the 13 deck. 13 Tribrigate? Uh oh. Uh, well, I mean, the 13 Tri-Brigades that topped, there were six Zodiacs, six Pure, and one Ancient Warriors Tri-Brigade. Right, 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 yeah. Um, I was just wondering more like, okay, the Zodiac players, what are they playing? Is there anything special, or is it just the three Thoroughblades with the Rat? Uh, Ancient Warrior, I mean, I want to see what sort of what they're doing there. And then, you know, I'm just sort of curious, because there's, you know, a lot of variations on the Tri-Brigade. As long as you have the Tri-Brigade cards in your deck, your deck's going to be pretty good. Um, but I am curious to see everyone's slight little variations on the deck. So, um, looking forward to the deck lists if I ever get right. to see them. So, uh, one thing I noticed, a very distinct lack of Sky Striker in Top 32. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, there true. There was like 100 entered or something more, and none of them made it. 178. Yeah, I... And not a... Not one made it. Yeah, Sky Striker is another one of those decks that takes a lot of skill to play. Um, I also think, I mean, if you just do the math, you bricked like at least ten percent of the time. I feel like, like just no monster. Yeesh. I mean, because you have to draw a starter. You can run like four rays, and maybe you run two or three rows. But let's just say we you run three rows, so it's seven total. And you have the Hornet drones, which is eight. Those your starts. So eight out of forty is not horrible. Then you have like other ways, like you know, obviously you get some redraws, upstart, you know, area zero. But like, I just the deck seems like it might brick a lot throughout the event, which which worries me. And also the deck takes a lot of skill to pilot. Um, so 
I think that's why it's not as successful as people maybe were hoping. It's just the deck can brick, um, and it takes skill. So the for that formula together just makes it hard to top with, I think. Also, yeah. also Imperial Order is a heck yeah, of a yeah. card. Yeah, so let's yeah. talk about let's talk about our Winnebat tournament because I want to talk about. I played Sky Striker in the second round of the Winnebat tournament. I feel bad, dude. I just opened Imperial. I hard opened Imperial Order games one and three. Yeah, I mean, again, also even that people are playing anti spell, which is super annoying if you're playing that deck. If you don't have the out, it's like oh my god, like oh yeah, <laughs> everything just takes you. Just it's hard to win um, if your opponent has anything going for them. Yeah. So, but hey, I, I think Pack yeah. actually, I, I heard he taught the Sky Striker. I'm not actually sure that he's playing Sky Striker. I, I just heard he did. I thought he was playing Prank Oh, uh, was he? I don't know. I, I have no, I, I actually don't know. He just has a Ray profile picture, but um, I have no idea. So, I wide, so, so I jumped into the server that he's on. Actually, like, the, he was on the main server, the A server, and I jumped into one of, no, he was in the same server as me. He was in the F server. And I jumped into one of his matches because my, my first round ended like crazy fast, like five minutes. Um, and I jumped in to ask him to, or to, to spectate. <clears throat> and his second game was wrapping up already. And he was on, I, th- I thought I could have sworn he was on prank kids. I, th- I literally think he set Ray as his profile picture just to mess with people. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably agree with his choice. I just, Prankies is a much more consistent deck. Again, I think Striker is very, very risky um, and hard to play. And, and to be honest, you want decks that are easy to play. Yu-Gi-Oh is already a complicated enough king. You, It's better to play easy decks um, and, and play consistent decks to, to top these big events. So You're not yeah. wrong. Oh, yeah, particularly whenever you're going uh, set six, seven, and eight rounds over and over yep. and over. Yeah. So... I do want to spend a little bit of time uh, talking to you about, like, like realistically, we've talked about tournament results and things of that sort, but I want to talk to you specifically about your results in both the Extravaganza and the YCS, and I want to mainly ask you about your deck choice as well as some of the individual card choices within your deck. Um, if that's okay with you. Sure, yeah, I guess we should give a look. I played Zodiac Tri-Brigade. I think I already talked about this, but just a refresher. I played Zodiac Tri-Brigade um, in the Extravaganza and just a pure Tri-Brigade at the YCS. Right. So, huh, I, I feel bad. I'm probably going to dominate this conversation away from Caleb, but I've been, I've been playing. So, I picked up the Tri-Brigade engine right when all the cards came out in Phantom Rage. And I was unsure about how I was going to play it. I just looked at the cards and I read them. And I was like, "These cards are all these cards are broken. Like this engine is broken. It's it's amazing." Um, but I just don't know how to use them. And then I saw your profile and combo tutorial on MST.TV's channel with Tom Box, mm-hmm. and it I immediately put together Bird Up. That would that was my deck for a while, and I just remember thinking, like, man. These cards are so good. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. And they're cool. so it's, they really are. And they work together, What they work well together with so many different archetypes. So what made you specifically going into the extravaganza think that Zodiac Tri-Brigade was kind of the way to go? Um, well, the, the theory behind it 
for that event was just, I mean, it is so hard to hand trap that Zodiac Tri-Brigade deck. And the Tri-Brigade deck is still pretty hard to hand trap. It's easier now without the Zoos, but I mean, that deck is so hard. Like, I mean, there is no hand trap that works. Like, Nibiru sometimes works. Ash sometimes works. Droll sometimes works. Mm-hmm. A- and usually you're still ending on Disruption. Regardless of what hand trap your opponent opens, you can still play lots of hand traps. You have decent going second with the zoos. It was just this. I, I think what players realized about Tri Brigade, what we're, the the mistake we were making in the beginning, was we were playing too many non Tri Brigade cards because the Tri Brigades are like we're like oh I want to play like ten Zodiac monsters with a couple Tri Brigades. And then we all just realized, okay, hold on a second. Let's just play a bunch of Tri-Brigades and a very, you know, a small little side engine for the Tri-Brigades. And that was like the big, obviously that in Bear Broom. Um, but it wasn't like... You know. And and the revelation of people actually playing well, Revolt. Well, I saw the potential Revolt. That, that card was broke. I read it and I was like, wow, this card is really, really good. But like, there was no way to search it. Um, that's like the biggest problem with the card. And there was no um, kit which is a huge deal with Revolt. So, um, right, I saw people playing Trap Trick before Bear Yeah, Brook so came out. so but once once Kit came out, Revolt became much more of a real threat. Um, and the card is fantastic. So, I mean, it's just the deck was so versatile. Um, and I played like a super consistent. I mean, I was playing Upstart Goblin, I was playing Desires, um, and I, I think Desires is just fantastic card i mean obviously i'm a grand Maju player so that <laughs> might be a little biased but i think i mean if you just look at all the zodiac Brigade decks that were topping i mean almost all of them were running to, the card is just insane um so right. i was i would recommend i think that's what people lose a lot of games because they banish bad stuff off desires and they're like oh shoot like i hate this card but i think it's just totally worth it still um but then obviously dryden got banned um, actually, yeah, I, I did pretty well at that extravaganza. Uh, even I got deck checked halfway through, and apparently I made a mistake on my deck list. I couldn't play Appaloosa, or I was playing Top Logic Zeroboros as my like OTK budget thing. I saw yeah, and that. I, I couldn't play those, so I actually had to draw one of my rounds where I could have won. But I, I mean, the deck was so good that I was still able to win without those two cards on my extra deck, which is just insane. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I made Opelousa once. This yeah, weekend. I made it a couple of times. Uh, obviously, it's harder without rat, uh, without the rat ram ram combo. But um, yeah, yeah. You don't, it's not necessary. You can always just like not extend that much, which is sometimes just actually a better play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, for the YCS, I played pure Trap Brigade. I went with the Rescue Cat variant just because I, it, the upside of Rescue Cat seems so much better than the Zeus. Um, it's like just seemed. I, so what do the what do the adjustments look like in the main deck to go from the zoo variant to the rescue cat variant? Because obviously you're cutting the barrage, you're cutting the rat, you're cutting the ram, which is probably the only three zoos you're main decking at that point, yep. right? So and and I cut all the extra deck zoos, and then I put in three rescue cat. I put in an extra Karis, Um because I was playing desires and rescue right. cat, so I didn't want to like run out of Karis's. That's one way. Like so, a lot of uh, mistakes new players to the deck. Um, or sort of, you know, you, you should you should really be considered is you don't want to just be spamming your kit uh, effect, especially off of yes. I think you don't, you just, there's not, you don't need to activate it, like, past, like, the first couple of turns. You don't want to dump your, unless you're playing the spell, but, like, you know, you, you don't want to just waste tri-brigades 
Um, because if you're like in a situation where you really think you need to chain block something, you know, that's fine. But like, you know, you want to be careful because you don't want to run out of Karis because Karis late game is the best tri-brigade. It just, it's the extender. Right. right? So um, you, you definitely need the card. Um, so you, you do want to be careful. Something I found my something I found myself doing was I would so I had a hand where I opened um, two traps, a Rat Pierre, a Karis, and a Kit, mm-hmm. and my opponent had Necro Valley, uh, yeah, Necro Valley, Dragoon, um, a face up IO, and a set trap mm-hmm. card. So. I say that it was one trap. It was ten key. It was Karas. It was Kit, and it was um, Rat Pierre. So I activate ten key. He flips Io. That's how it got flipped up. And then I activate Karas and send Kit as cost. And he negates, or he uh, he lets Karas resolve and then negates Kit with Dragoon. So at that point, because I've used Karas as kind of a a bait, I just normal summon Rat Pierre, overlay into Ram, overlay into Borbo and attack direct for zero and nuke his field with uh, Zeus. Yeah, that's the power of the Zoo engine. It's much better going second. Um, I think it's still viable. Yeah. It's just it's so much like dry like not having dry it just sucks. Um, <laughs> there's no other good way to put it. That that card it is so does. broken. Um, it does, but I feel like having, so I, as I'm talking, uh, I played the zoo. I still played a three card zoo in package in the main and a three card zoo package in the extra deck in today's event. And we, we had talked about that. We've talked about this before previously on the phone, but it, it's really, I think Zeus is just, it might be one of the most powerful cards in the game, honestly. Yeah. It has good synergy with the zoos. Um, so Zeus and Zeus, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like in situations like you were saying, when they they have like a bunch of stuff, you just normal Zeus attack directly. You know, send their field, double send with Zeus, and basically play through a bunch of stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, I can't deny it. Obviously, it's funny because the EU YCS exactly six pure and six Zeus topped. So it's basically right. like they're about equal, which I I, I think is hilarious. Um, I would like to see how many zoos versus Pierre entered the event. That would be really interesting to, to see. Um, or just to see yeah, the deck list. I would love to have that so, information. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Zeus is I would cool, like to have so. any of this information for the North American yeah, version. Yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be great. great but, you know, Change. they used to post top 32 deck lists on the website um, back in the day. I don't know why they stopped, so... Um, and maybe it's too much work. They just said no, no, too much no, work. not too much work. Probably like oh, I had to type all this stuff out. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I think you know the deck is still strong. Um, yeah, uh, maybe I'll try the zoo version uh, out this weekend or something. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, hey, me and you will get together. We'll do some play tests. Sounds good. That? Sounds good. <laughs> um. So what extra deck adjustments did you make going into this event? Because if you cut the full zoo package, that's like, what, five cards? Yeah, I mean, it's... Well, yeah, including Dryden, it was five cards. So I played... I wanted to play the Samorg Link. Um, and if I if I own Pot of Prosperity, 
Um, or I thought it might have been better than Plot of Desires. I think Plot of Desires is so broken, though. Um, I probably would have tried to play the statue package as well, because I think I think statues just... I like the free wins. Um, but I decided to go with... Yeah, it's nice. With, uh, the, I still went with the Samorg, but I just played the one Apex Avion. My theory was, if I banished it off Desires, no big deal. You know, like because like, if you banish either the statue or the spell card off Desires... It can be a little awkward, you know, and you also don't want to commit to sending the spell yeah. card and then desiring and then being, oh, I banished the statue. Well, this is really weird, right? So off kit, I mean. So, yeah. um, so it was super interesting, and I was like, you know what? Uh, the I played Mist Valley Apex Avion. It still works with Revolt. Um, and the reason I sort of what pushed me over the edge was I was playtesting against my friend. He was playing Striker, and that like super like if I make Appaloosa, you know, they just negate it with Widow Anchor, right? And then I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just go? Why don't I just go some more special summon Apex Avion? Now what are you gonna do? You know, it's like so strong against Sky Striker. And I thought there was gonna be a lot of them. And and they're actually looking at the EUI statistics. There were a lot. I only played one, um, and I just made that Samor link uh, against my opponent. And he was like, well, this sucks. Um, I can't. He's like Widow Anchor. I'm like, oh, sorry, you can't target. He's like, ah, right. Um, and I just used it. Can't target. I used it throughout the date as like a way to just make a negate. You know, like, oh, I'll just make a negate here. And then if you don't out this, this is just going to negate one thing every turn for the rest of the game. You're probably going to lose, basically, you know? And not only that, but after the initial bring out Apex Avian, um, it can also potentially, as your opponent's turn ends, it can also turn into a Nerval infield. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, card is pretty good. Um, so, I... I it's a versatile card. Yeah, I really the enjoyed the Apex Avion. I thought it was the right choice for the for the event. Um, and then I got to play an extra fair jet, so that was nice. Um, and then yeah. I, I also put in an extra fair. I jet. wanted to play third. Sh- I, I played a third trig. Honestly, I never summoned it. I thought I would, but I never did. Um, I probably would should have just played like a card like Cyframe Lambda. There were a couple times during the event where I could have used that card. I felt like because I had gammas in my hand or just like a way to like link off monsters into anything. Right, if you have a right. token, you can link Bear Broom and the token off for Atlanta. You know, like that's that's great. Yeah. So just just something to link off with would have been nice. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is. So that's interesting. Um, so your final record was what? Uh, my final record was uh Eight and three, um, so decent record. But I mean, okay. like again, this top three two for eighteen hundred players. I mean, that's just crazy. Like not even like usually at a YCS, if you go X two, right. you're topping. Not even this one. I mean, like half the X twos didn't. That, that's just it's so hard to top this event. Um, so yeah, this event was weird in that way. I I really feel like um I think they should have gone maybe top sixty four because I, I think the American one was even bigger than the European. The European was seventeen ninety six. I want to say the American one got closer to just shy of two thousand. And um, because really, I mean, we're basically so we're talking about two different events, right? Yeah. So, I think they really probably should have cut to top sixty four because they were going to do top sixty four at like two thousand forty eight. Right, it's players. close. It's like by power of and twos. Yeah, unfortunately, I think top forty eight would have yeah. been a great compromise. But the problem is, you can't do single elimination with top forty eight. Maybe they could have just said it's a top, but only top thirty two plays for top cut and top forty eight gets a mat. That might have been more fair. Uh, but you know, that's just how Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. is. It, it, these are the rules. <laughs> they were described beforehand. We sort of have to play by them. So. 
Yeah, if you don't like him, you just got to get better yeah, at the game, I guess to be so. honest. I guess so. <laughs> so is there anything from the – is there any um, matches that really stand out, any plays that really stand out, anything that you saw today that just really sticks out in your mind? Well, there was a cool – I saw a couple cool plays – um i also realized like, i i unfortunately i didn't get very i misplayed once and that that sort of that hurt my chances at topping um it was a very complicated game though and i played pretty well but i i sort of couldn't i made like one i weighed one mistake and i couldn't quite convert the win i i was like definitely like i had to come back in that game and it was kind of annoying that i didn't finish the comeback i was playing pretty well up until just a mistake um, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's okay. I, I misplay, like everyone misplays and I think they're going to happen at events. I also sort of misplay. I, I didn't sleep very much for day two and I misplayed day two. And I think one thing I'm trying to get better at is when I misplay, I get annoyed at myself. I'm like, oh, like you just threw the game like that you were about to win, you know, sort of thing. Uh, yeah, and dude, then I, I misplay again thing. because I'm tilted and I'm just like frustrated with myself. I'm not even concentrating on the game. I need to get better at just like, okay, I misplayed. It happens to everybody. Let's move on. Let's play the game from its current position, you know? Um, so that sort of was like, oh, that, you know, I, I, that's like not a good habit to pick up is getting tilted in the middle of the game. Um, right, for sure. But I did see a couple cool plays I wanted to. I, I learned a couple things over the weekend. One cool play I saw was actually my last round I played against Drytron. Against Brett Angel, uh, uh, he actually has a YouTube channel. I, you know, I just sort of know all the YouTube channels because being a YouTuber myself. Um, yeah, but he did this really cool thing, and I, I wanted to share it with you guys. Um, which was he—he he was playing Please. Drytron. He lost a dice roll, unfortunately for him. Honestly, it can be a dice roll matchup. That that matchup. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he he. Yeah. I did the whole Zodiac Trapergate thing. I, I had Revolt with the Samorg link. So I was feeling pretty good. Um, and he's like, he, was, he looks at his hand. He's like, okay, I'm not going to win this game. So what he does is he just sets his entire, as he just sets all the spell cards in his hand like he's playing a trap deck, right? Passes the turn right on my turn when i'm doing stuff he looks at his cards you know asks me questions about my like oh what column is you know blah 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 making it seem like he's playing like a trap deck right even though he, he is right so you're like trying to play around yeah well, he, he has no intention of winning this game by the way he has no intention of winning this game but what he does do which is what i think is really cool is gather tons of information. information but also he tricked me i'm siding and i'm like okay well he just set five so what am i putting in i'm putting in my harpy's feather duster i'm putting in my twin twisters <laughs> i'm putting in my pancreas right like I, I i'm i'm assuming this is a trap deck and he's playing drytron so all these cards are just complete dog against his deck um and he almost guarantees himself oh that's so like fun. a really really good game too because People are going to try to side because they like, okay, I, I think I know what you're playing, you know? Like, I, I want to give myself the best chance to win game two. And, I mean, I didn't even draw those side cards. But when I saw the play, I I even said at the beginning of the game, I said, you know, <laughs> I said, listen, if you did that set five just to bluff me, that is a really, really cool play. I've, I've never thought about doing that before. And, you know, it, it worked. So that was really cool. I, I'm definitely going to try that in the future. Uh, if I look at my hand, I can't win. That's Instead of awesome. scooping, I'm just going to set every single card that I can. And then before they see any card, I'm just going to scoop. So like, I make them think it's a trap deck. Um, so <laughs> that that to me is just hilarious. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. I I never would have thought to do that. I, I've heard of just like scooping before they can see what right, you're playing. Right, right. But I've never thought of it in a way of... Um, 
yeah, like so. that. <laughs> bluffing an entire you're, yeah, just bluffing. You're playing an entirely completely completely different deck. Ah, yeah. Chef Kiss is genius. Ah. genius. Yeah, especially because the back removal is bad against Tritron. So, um, definitely some trick I'm gonna employ uh, for sure in my Yu-Gi-Oh career if I ever see the chance. Yeah, I've got some friends that play Dry. I've got some pl- friends that play Drytron. They're gonna love that. They're definitely gonna incorporate that. Oh yeah. So yeah, I was yeah. yeah so, so I go got ahead, go ahead, uh, Caleb. Oh, I was about to go. I have one question for you. A lot of people are always asking, you know, oh, what hand traps did you play? Why did you play them? I-, I got a good question. What hand traps did you pass on? We're considering, but then passed on. Oh, uh, that's a good question. So, okay, in my opinion, you should play either something high impact uh, or extremely, extremely like versatile because. Uh, you know, you're going to play against a lot of a bunch of different decks. Like Ash Blossom. Ash Blossom is not the strongest hand trap, but it's just... How am I not going to play this? It, it's always good. And I, I really it's like those versatile. cards that are always good. Um, so I played three Ash Blossom. I also played one DD Crow. Just because I don't see why you wouldn't play DD Crow. The card is pretty good already, and you can search it out. Like, it's not... It's, it can be okay in certain matchups. But, like, the card is, like, pretty decent, and you can search it out. So I, I played one of those. Um... And then what I what I played was Gamma, because I was playing... Not only was I, I was... I mean, I played this in my Zodiac Tribe Brigade version, but the card is just... It's such a power card. Um, you know, when it resolves... Well, when it resolves, you probably so win It's so strong. Um, and if you res- ever resolve on your turn, which happened a couple of times, because... And I don't blame my opponents for doing this. Um, you know, the, the problem with the Tribe Brigade is if you don't Ash Fractal, like, if they have Revolt, you're still in pretty deep trouble. You know, it's like, oh, okay, I have to Ash Fractal. But you can't, like, if you Ash Fractal, you're playing into Gamma. You know, so you're like, okay. And just the threat of Gamma, like, okay, you know, um, my opponent has a Lancia in his hand, right? But it's okay, I'm not going to do anything until he summons a monster to play around Gamma, right? So then I Desires, and if I have a Called by the Grave because of the Desires, then my opponent Lancias me, you know, like, uh, I, I, I can Called by the Grave. So it's just, like, forcing people to, like, wait is it's just makes, like life difficult you know for them um and, and so oh yeah that that's that that's oh yeah it's always great to be able to make your opponent's life a little bit more difficult right right the <laughs> only problem is if you draw it going first it kind of is awkward but if you can just use your bear bloom or your fair jeep to just put it back on the bottom that's fine the only bad thing about gamma is you have to run driver um so but other than that it's a fine yeah. card so uh those are the hand traps i played and then i cited three droll and the other two dd crows just because DD Crow actually, just having that tribe beast synergy is great. Um, especially going second, it like it helps you get your revolt live quickly through disruption. Um, and uh, I played Droll, but I honestly never got to activate it. I, I there were times where I was like, please, I want to draw this card, like, and I just didn't draw it. Um, but that's just Yu Gi Oh, you know. Um, For sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Was there oh, and Amper. I played two Well, Amper, I mean... Just because I had two spots in my deck. Yeah, okay, cool. So. Yeah, modest. Oh, yeah, I mean, Imperm's a great slot for that. But, like, what are some hand traps you considered but ultimately decided to pass on? And like, Yeah, okay, so why? I guess there's a couple. Lancia is good in the Tri-Brigade Mirror, but sometimes not good enough because if they draw Revolt, you're screwed anyway. Um... I also did not side. Yeah, I, I honestly think maybe I might start doing it just because I saw that virtual world uptick, and I see how. And now that I can see how many people are actually playing Tri Brigade, I just haven't like played against that much Tri Brigade. But again, now that I've seen how many people are playing Tri Brigade, the, the problem is the card is like it feels like 
okay. So it feels like impermanence, honestly, against Tri Brigade a lot of the time. Um, and even yeah. like a worse impermanence sometimes. Because like if I summon Rescue Cat, you Lancey and me, you know, that, that was my other theory. Is that, okay, I'll just special summon, like if I have a, I, I, I searched, like I, I tried to keep Nervals in my hand to make like Link 3s or just special summon out like a DD Crow, make the Samorg Link, um, you know. That was sort of another way to play around Lancia. Um, so I just didn't play Lancia because I, I didn't think I was going to want it against that many decks. Maybe that was a mistake. A card I also just don't think is uh, that that great is Nibiru. Um, it It is like okay against the Tri Brigade decks, but like a lot of... I got Nibiru twice. I won both of those games relatively easily. Um, because, like, I was, I, I normal rescue cat, and then they were gonna Nibiru me, so they're like, then my opponent's like, oh, how many cards do you have in your hand? I'm like, four. He's like, oh. So I just traded a Nibiru for a rescue cat, basically. Um, and I filled my graveyard with stuff. So, like, that Nibiru was like, whatever. Like, I, I, it was fine. Like, it just, it was the same thing as an Imperm, basically. Um, and then a lot of times my opponents had Nibiru, but I would only summon, like, three times in the turn, and they'd be like, well, this sucks. Um, so, I just... I it's it's okay against some other decks. Um, I think the the problem with the card is the better the players you're playing against are, the worse that card becomes. Um, but I think also people know I like maybe they know I don't play Nibiru, so maybe it's time to put it back in my side deck. Uh, so there's that. Um, and then I wanted to play Bell. Uh, maybe I should have honestly. Like, maybe it's better just to play Bell instead of Droll. The thing about Droll is it's sort of awkward with other hand traps because you want to Droll your opponent, right? Like, okay, I, I want to Droll my opponent, um, but but if I Droll them, then I don't want to use this Ash, right? Um, so it can be a little awkward. So maybe you right. just play, like, other, you know, like, hand traps that are always good. Like, I probably could have sided in that Bell a lot of games where the Droll didn't work. Um, so those are sort of other hand traps I considered uh as well yeah but didn't quite make the cut interesting it, it's what about effect failure that's something that um i see a lot of people want to side it in for tri brigade specifically yeah, effect failure is another great option and I, I i also want to ask honestly as a tri brigade player um a, a situation i find myself in a lot is when that first tri brigade summon you go to activate the effect and it gets valored how do you generally recover from that what are you looking for to be able to recover from that. Yeah, well, there's a couple things I look for. If I open Revolt, I make sure that if my Fractal is all successful, I make sure to search Kit. Um, the reason is, is because if I get Impermed or Veilard, I want to make sure that I can link off into Almirage to get the fourth Tribe Beast in the graveyard. That's the first like piece of advice, I would say. You want to make sure you're searching out Kit in that situation to play around Veilard and Imperm. Um, other than that, there's not, like, that's the, that's why the cards are good. There, there's not, like, you sort of just have to take it, um, you know, in stride. If you have a Karis, you know, you're, whatever, you're fine. Um, <laughs> if you have a Karis, you're, you're honestly doing really well because you just banish two, bear blue, you know, going to, you end on Appaloosa Revolt anyway. Right. Um, so that's sort of the way to, to, to do that. Um, so th those are, like, the two, my, my two recommendations is, okay, make sure you're searching Kit if you can get that Revolt live to play around because that's a really common card Valor Imperm um, you know if they Valor you and you just set Revolt with four in your grave you're probably doing all right at least um, so yeah that's sort of what I would recommend to make sure you want to be able to summon Almirage to get that fourth Tribeast in the grave 
I hadn't even thought about that. You make a really valid point, mm-hmm, though. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So Sorry, go ahead. I, there was something else that I wanted to ask, and it's on the tip of my tongue. But I'll be honest, I can't come up with it right now. <laughs> I think there's another extravaganza in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think maybe July 23rd, 25th. It's like a three-day extravaganza. Oh, it's three. Yeah, I mean, I, I what's, what I is interested about, and this is sort of something interesting to talk about, is is remote dueling something that we want Konami to continue in sort of a lesser capacity once the sort of all the stores go earlier. back to normal? Because like... There are a lot of positives to remote dueling. Just the fact that you can play with people from all around the country. Um, obviously, I really like real life dueling. And I think a lot of people sort of question the integrity of remote dueling. And I, and I don't blame them. Um, it, there's so many ways to like cheat in remote duels or soft cheat. And to think that... like people there are people that are soft cheating there's no doubt about it in my mind um luckily like it probably doesn't make that big an impact and there's sort of ways to counter it but i I do agree with people there probably is cheating going on and it's almost impossible to stop um whereas you you're much more likely to be able to stop it at a real event um and also just real events are fun too you know going to an event talking to people seeing them playing with real cards, being able to see your opponent's graveyard, none of this stupid Discord disconnect stuff. For real. Right? Like, um, so, I, but it was cool. Yeah, so maybe we can do There's some. There's definitely some Maybe we can do there. some, maybe a remote duel. I, I sort of, maybe like an extravaganza every once in a while. Who knows, you know? Um, but I think that they're, they're kind of cool. Also, 50-minute rounds, please. Konami, when we return to uh, live dueling, I... I do not care if it makes the tournament take like an extra hour. Um, I can't even imagine going back to playing 40. Every single other card game plays 50 minute rounds. Um, so please, Konami. I really, really, really loved having 50 yeah. minute rounds because a lot of times I was ending game two around like the 25 to 28 minute mark. And I never felt like I was going into game three like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? I don't have enough time, you know? Like, I'm, I'm going to be rushing now, and I'm going to be worried about time. I'm going to go into have a tie procedure, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I'm just happy that realistically, it 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 lowers the anxiety level. Like, honestly. Yeah, and it, and it makes, dual, like, I think if we're going to have the time rule how it is, like, we should just, because, again... At big tournaments, the the reason that things are t- takes this low are usually because of player disputes with judges, right? And, and deck checks sometimes take a while, but that's sort of like a, the judges need to do deck checks quick unless there's like some penalties, obviously. But usually that's what takes time. It's not the actual round time because again, we at tournaments we just wait for the slowest table, right? The last table that goes is what holds up the tournament, right? So right, and realistically, yeah. if you have tables that are going over the fifty-minute mark anyway, now why not give everybody that time? And then, like, like honestly, if a table's gonna end at fifty-three minutes, it could end at fifty-three minutes whether everybody else had fifty or everybody else right, had right, forty. Right. So, like, yeah, I guess the point is, if you add ten minutes to a round and there's eight rounds, the most you're gonna add to a tournament is eighty minutes, and it's gonna be less because of just the nature of how the the, the timing system works. 
So I think it's worth it. Personally, I think it'll probably add about 40 minutes is probably my guess to maybe like an hour. But I think it's worth it. You know, I think if you ask players, I think they'll be happy to. So the thing that I really do agree with what you said, though, is I I love the idea of making major remote dual tournaments a permanent thing. Maybe once or twice a year you have a uh, remote dual YCS and then like four to five times a year you do remote dual regionals like i really think that that should become a regular thing like the regionals realistically could be the size of around extravaganzas around 350 to 400 players and the ycs is i'm fine with like an 1800 man ycs i mean i can't speak for the other servers but server group f i mean we were blazing i mean (laughs) We were running around every hour oh, or yeah, less. Yeah, no, uh, that yeah, our group was run so it was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah, you, yeah. I wish I was in your group. We started. <laughs> we started at twelve o'clock Central Standard Time. We ended round eight at around nine thirty. Yeah, like that's, that's good. My, no, our our YCS was not like our our group was not like that at all. So, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the point is, like, a well-run event, even if you extend the time rules. Yeah, yeah it has fine. to be. It, it's yeah. right. It wasn't the time rules that caused the the event to take a long time. That's that's for sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, Konami experiments a little bit in this space. In the remote dual space. Oh, yeah. No, no. Mo- most most definitely. I mean, like, even just... I mean, like, cause, like, cause, like you said, you know, just that 10 extra minutes can do wonders for a lot for a lot of players to just give them an extra minute to just kind of relax take a breath going into game three and not only that and this might be the biggest thing for remote duels in my opinion is caleb and i are a perfect example we're grown adults and we have our own vehicles sure but our card shop's an hour away for the closest card shop yeah that's i mean it's a, this is an opportunity to play in a major tournament. For us, to, the closest YCS we will ever get to us is probably about four hours. Oh, yeah. Where? where, where I mean, like Florida or something like that? or Fort, Fort Worth. Worth. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're in like the northern part okay. of Louisiana. Okay. So Fort Worth is like a three and a half to four hour drive. Houston's about a four hour drive. If we ever get one in New Orleans, that's right at four hours. Everything's basically four hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... And that's four. That's four hours running eighty miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, just for reference. Yeah, yeah. So, but overall, I I enjoyed the event. I was very happy to win my first ever tournament of any kind, uh, which was one of the Winamats. Um, I definitely dropped after round three of the tournament. I had family in town and stuff, but right after they all left, I was able to hop on and win a, do a Winamat. I won that, which was I played against. First round opponent didn't show up, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Second round opponent was Sky Strikers, and I opened Imperial Order two of those games. And the third round opponent, the finals opponent, was uh, Grave Keepers with Dragoon. Mm. There were literally three Red Eyes Fusions, three Inspector Borders, uh, the full Grave Keeper package with the Necro Valleys. I was just like, oh my goodness. I cited 10 cards going uh, into Dragoon. Yeah, sounds like a fun deck to play against for sure. So, uh, yeah. But hey, at least you won. Actually, it was so, the most fun. Yeah. It was. It's it was a listen. Lot of fun. If you play against those decks, it's fun if you win, and it feels horrible to lose. So exactly. That's basically how those yeah. Decks go. Yeah. You're like, game one. He no, he 
activated Necro. He activated Commandant. Search Necro Valley. Activate Necro Valley. Summon Inspector Border. Activate Pot of Duality. Grab Solemn Judgment. Set a couple and pass. And I was like, what am I even doing here? Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, rough, sure. So, well. We do not want to keep you too much longer. We've had you for an hour and a half now, which we are so thankful for. Um, thank you so much for giving us your thoughts and experiences on... Dude, I'm wrapping up, and I forgot to ask. I finally remembered that question. Oh, oh what is it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm dragging this out. I have one more question. Last question, I promise. All right. How do you feel about the format coming out of the YCS, the new format? Because this, this was the first major event of the new format. Uh, It's good. I think. I mean, I played in the... <laughs> there are some formats recently that have been pretty bad. The virtual world... That virtual world format was horrendous. Um, just so miserable to yeah, play. Format's been pretty good. Um, so I really like how the game's going. Very diverse. Um, so really, really cool, actually. Uh, yeah, enjoy this format a lot. So I think the game's in a pretty good spot right now. I'd have to agree with you. Oh, yeah. No, that, absolutely. All right. Now we'll do the wrap-up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you immensely. Thank you so much, Ishan. We cannot thank you enough for coming on today and hanging out with us. We want to ask everybody to make sure to go and subscribe to Yishan's YouTube. Make sure you like all of his videos. Make sure you comment everywhere. It helps yeah, the algorithm. Open 10 tabs and watch make all my videos. Sure. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Dude, just do a playlist and put the playlist on repeat. That way just... Yeah. Yeah. Cycles through everything one after the other. That's it. Um, make sure to follow Yishan on Twitter. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Top Cut Podcast, at Dat Chumley, and at jam the man 17 make sure to follow our sister channel like i said i want to give a shout out to enter the battlefield games our locals here in alexandria they do lots of tournaments they support us well and we are very thankful to have them and that's all i got uh caleb Yishan, do either of y'all have anything else you want to add in well i just want to say how much how much of a pleasure it was to have you on my day yes, you guys are welcome thanks caleb thanks Denny. it was a really fun experience. I hope uh, you guys at home enjoyed enjoyed the pod. So, till next time, I guess, huh? All right, that's it. Have a good afternoon, everybody. Yep. Take care, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.